Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and this is a pro wrestling podcast, as you know. And if you don't, now you've had all the information. I want to thank everybody who, uh, I think a lot of people listened to the podcast more last week than they do usually. And loads of people sent me messages on Twitter saying they enjoyed it and to keep going. One guy didn't even know I did a podcast. A shout out to that guy who got in touch with me and was really excited. I was like, all right, dude, it's just me talking for an hour, but great, excellent. Uh, and if you do listen to the podcast, you will know... Uh, that we always get patron guests on. We didn't get one on last week because there was just an absolute... I mean, timings didn't work out. It falls through all the time. But that's why we're doing an early one this week. And I'm very happy to say I've got Linnea on. Linnea, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm very well. I'm very well, thank you very much. And I, um, I like... The best thing about doing a podcast on a Monday is now we can look... Usually I'm looking backwards. But now we can look to the wrestling week ahead and see where we're going to get, especially at the moment, because we're kind of in a weird position at the moment. You know, we're getting closer to the Elimination Chamber, but everybody just wants to talk about WrestleMania. Then everything's happened with All Elite Wrestling. So it's kind of like Elimination Chamber kind of exists, but, but it kind of doesn't. But we'll get to all that in a second. Uh, as I always do with my patron guests, I like to know how we got into this crazy thing called pro wrestling. So, I mean, that's, we'll start there today. We'll start at day one. How, okay, did get, how, how did you get into wrestling? And I think maybe more importantly, I don't mean why do you still watch it now? I mean, it's because wrestling is brilliant, obviously. But I know that there have been some rocky roads for all of us as fans. So I like to know sort of what kept you hooked. But let's go back to the start. Yeah. How did you get into it? So um, the start was probably, um, well, I, I grew up in the uh, 80s. And so during the the prime uh, Hulkamania phase. And my brother and sister, actually, who are a little bit younger than me, um, were really into that and watching that. So I kind of watched with them a little bit. And then we kind of got into doing that and seeing all of the... Um, we didn't have cable, so we didn't have uh, pay-per-views, but our aunt <laughs> would kindly invite us over and uh, we could watch the pay-per-views and things like that. So um, I watched primarily in the 80s and then kind of fell out of it. And then um, recently just came back to it uh, a couple of years ago, uh, a friend of mine was really, really into it. And I was always buying her uh, Christmas presents uh, for of like wrestler merch that I had <laughs> no idea who these people were. I was buying her a lot of Dean Ambrose stuff. I had no idea who this guy was. Um, but when I would go over and visit her, we would watch some wrestling. And so she would show me some stuff. And uh, I think she thought that I was going to be totally, totally into uh, a Roman Reigns. Um, so she kept showing me stuff. She would tell me about people that she hated, um, and she hated Seth Rollins. This, this is the, the story. <laughs> she absolutely despised Seth Rollins. When she showed me the shield, he was the one that I liked the most. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So um, so then I really started getting into it because I was like, what's what's going on with these people? I like these people. This is interesting. So um, I started you know, going into that full, uh, full on. And then the, the fun part is um, not only have I been able through the network to go back and watch all the old stuff that I remember from like the 80s and like early 90s and stuff like that. I used to love Macho Man and, and stuff like that. Um, but um, I've been able to kind of fill in the gaps of all of that time I, I did not watch. I had no idea. And so 
um, you know, a lot of the what culture videos and stuff like that have actually kind of helped to fill in that education. And so it's been fun learning about those things and then going back and watching all of those, uh, you know, WrestleManias. I went back and I watched all the Royal Rumbles because that's my favorite pay-per-view. So, um, you know, that's all been great. So, and then, you know, my friend also got me interested in the indie scene as well because um, she goes to a lot of indie shows and we went, um, you know, to uh, sh- shows in Chicago for ROH. We went to, um, I went to All In. <laughs> Amazing. We went to All In. Um, so that was really wonderful. Um, so, you know, it, she's expanded my knowledge as well to New Japan and, and things like that. So I've, I'm fully in now. <laughs> that is incredible. I mean, that is quite the change from a few years ago, you know, being a, a sort of a Laps fan and thinking, oh, I used to like this stuff to who's Dean Ambrose to, oh my gosh, this is the, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, no, it's totally true. And my 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 father, he's I kind of use him to test different stuff because sometimes I'll be like, you know, I'll watch things, and he always has like fun funny comments. But um, he's just like, I don't I don't see how you're you're as into this. Like you're like really way into this. <laughs> oh, I get that. Don't get me wrong. Like before before I started doing all the what culture stuff, like my dad just used to look at me like, what are you doing, boy? Like why why do you like this? And then. That, you know, when I actually started to make a living out of it, I think he kind of went, okay, fine. If you can actually make money out of it, at least I can understand it. But my dad thinks wrestling is the strangest thing he's ever seen in his life. He doesn't get oh, yeah. it at all. It, it's really funny because so my, my, my dad absolutely – he's watched everything that you can possibly watch through all these streaming services. So, like, sometimes he, he loves to, like, predict things. So, like, with the wrestling, he's totally – if we watch it, he's totally predicting, like, you know, this is going to happen. Well, that's going to happen. Well, this is going to happen. And, and then the funny it. thing is he's just like, this is not wrestling. Like, you know, I watched wrestling in the 60s. This is not wrestling. So <laughs> it's just funny. I, I tell him, like, well, this has evolved and, you know, we have all of these, you know, the flips and all the things like that. And uh, it's funny, but when he stuff that he does like or people he does like, I, I always find that really interesting because I kind of find him to be kind of like the the regular person. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, so yeah. we're so really into it. So I always find that we watched. Oh, when Daniel Bryan got his his wonderful new belt, we watched that, and my father was like, "Who is this guy? Like, I, I want to know who this guy is." <laughs> so I told him the backstory of that and everything. That was really good. So. I love that belt. That that new is so strange. I get oh, it. It's I'm not, beautiful. I'm not saying that it's kind of you know transformed wrestling into this thing that everybody watches again. But so many people were talking about that belt. Again, I I, I always know when something's at least hit social media in a certain way because all my casual mates text me going, "Miller, did uh, did Daniel Bryan release some kind of like hemp belt?" And I was like, "Yes, yes, he did." <laughs> that character is just phenomenal from top to bottom. It's just brilliant. It's phenomenal, and I think that's what actually drew my dad in to ask more questions about him. But the the belt itself, if they don't uh, put that up on the, the the website for sale, they'll they're that's a lost opportunity. I mean, it's it's a beautiful anyway, uh, and you know just the storyline around it and everything is just fantastic. And I mean, Daniel Bryan is doing some amazing work. I mean, it's it's great. Like, he's tapped into this. Uh, uh, vein of uh, people who <laughs> who really are just uh, pretentious about their <laughs> their veganism or or whatever, uh, and uh, it just you really kind of turned it into a thing. It's it's brilliant. It's very it's very sort of reflective of society because it's that classic thing of when you hear what he's saying, you're yeah, I agree with you, but the way you're delivering it makes me want to punch you in the face. Like it's just it's so well done. 
that's the magic around it. That's totally the magic around it. And that that's, you know, I wonder with him too, if he's given more free reign than other people, like, you know, with the scripts and things as they kind of loosen up a little bit with that, because if it's just him, I mean, that's just, it's fabulous. Well, I, I remember, so if you go, I don't know if this was a WWE thing or just an indie, or whatever, there was some kind of vibe though, that Daniel Bryan didn't know how to cut a promo. And I find that crazy. I remember I watched that last promo oh, wow. he did and I was like, who? Because, I mean, I, I'm sure that he is better now than he was in the past, but I don't think you go from being absolutely terrible to absolutely, you know, brilliant within a, within a space of however many years. So, yeah, he always had this stigma around him that he couldn't cut a promo. And I just think that's, it, A, is that not true at all? But given that there are a lot of people talking about, you know, given that we're out of two, two, 2018 now, and people saying, you know, who would you give promo of the year to? I hear Daniel Bryan's name come up all the time. And I'm like, yeah, of course. Because I mean, the only thing he doesn't have, if you're looking at it from a stereotypical WWE point of view, is he's not massive. But that's it. Otherwise, yeah. he's got everything else you could possibly want. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, the skill level, I mean, he's interesting to watch as well. I think that's the the thing. He just, you know, makes it great. I, I would just feel like, you know, for the promos are so stilted and that, you know, you have those people who can rise to the top of that. And that's like really great. Like I love Samoa Joe. Like I, I oh, was kind of like, yeah. you know, if um, there's a, a thing in, in tennis, cause I, I love tennis that, you know, who would you get to play for your life? And I was like, if I had to get someone to talk for my life, like I would, I would get Samoa Joe. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I just, he's just fantastic. So, you know, I mean, there are people who are, you know, I, I kind of hope that, you know, there have been rumors that they're letting up a little bit and letting people talk a little bit more on their own and stuff like that. And I kind of hope that that does happen. I think that would, you know, really um, make people identify a bit more with the superstars, you know what I mean? And oh, yeah, then kind of allow some people to shine. Maybe some people honestly haven't been able to shine with the promos because of what they've been given to say, you know what I mean? As opposed to like cadence and just kind of the rhythm of, of how they're speaking. You know, there's something about the rhythm of the way that the rock speaks that, you know, pulls you in. Right. But, um, you know, it's the words as as well, you know, although Rhonda, uh, they, they let her say stuff. And sometimes the things she says, I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> that's uh, it's English. I, I understand those words, but together they don't make sense. <laughs> no, she's an interesting one because I kind of believe everything that she says because she looks so pissed off when she says it. So I'm like, okay, I can buy into that. But when I actually, that's my kind of initial reaction. But when that calms down and I process at the actual words, I'm like, what was that? Yeah. Like what, huh? what? What? What does that mean? Like the, 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 I know it was like a biblical reference. Well, I assumed it was. But the one when she said, you know, does Sasha Banks want me to cut off my hair and wash her feet? I was like, Rhonda, if you're going to make analogies and metaphors, you need to build them up. You can't just say the words. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So strange. So strange. I, I feel like she's one person like in her head. She's in her own rhythm, and she's just she's saying all the stuff, and they like it's just not making sense when it's it's coming out like it's but you know she's she's allowed to to do that because she's ronda rousey and you know so um you know that's <laughs> that's a thing but like I, there's some people i just like i really do wish that they would just like i don't know send them to an extra promo class or something like oh, I, 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 <laughs> yeah, no definitely I, I think you hit the nail on the head a minute ago in the sense that even when you kind of go back to somebody like dusty Rhodes. Dusty Road was an incredible promo, but sometimes if you actually sort of wrote down what he said and how he said it, you'd be like, this is nonsense. Like, this doesn't make yeah. any sense at all. But the way that he delivered it and like everything you said, intonation, cadence, that's what makes it a good promo. And I would much rather live in a world where we get sort of interviews 
that we do with Ronda Rousey, where you're just absolutely baffled, but then you also get maybe a Daniel Bryan or The Rock or whoever, where you kind of let wrestlers sink or swim. And I'm all right with the odd, like when Ronda absolutely fell apart a couple of weeks ago, I actually felt sorry for her because I think as wrestling fans, we're quick to forget these are just human beings and, and we all make mistakes. But I would still much rather have, you know, 50% of wrestlers absolutely just exploding in the middle of the ring because they, you know, they, they don't like that kind of scenario and have to get better at it. As long as the 50% of other people who are really good at it can shine because at least the promos don't feel stilted. And the one that always gets to my head that I, it was literally last week on SmackDown where Randy Orton was cutting his inset promo. I was like, this is so boring. It's like, I've heard this promo a thousand times. Yeah, the, 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 at least they've gotten away from the, what was it, like the, the Instagram, the, the typing or whatever. The, the oh, what was that? The, yeah, the, the graphics. The graphics were bad. But yeah, all the inset promos and things. I, I kind of hope that, you know, with AEW on the scene, that um, the WWE really thinks about very simple ways that they can change their presentation. And I think the the way that those interviews are done, even the interviews are, are absolutely like insane. I honestly think that sometimes the interviewers are just there to hold a microphone up <laughs> and actually just, you know, let people talk. Like I, I, I want them to find a, a different way to do even just little things like that. I think would make a huge, huge difference, you know? Um, and so I don't know, like, and I know what one of the rumors is that, you know, Fox wants them to be more sports like and stuff like that. And, you know, there are other ways to do those things. There's other ways to do promos. Like and Mustafa Ali did a promo like the other week on so SmackDown. It was yeah. like amazing. So uh, let let people do other things like that and, you know, uh, allow them to have a little bit more freedom in those things. Um, you know, those are the things that actually make you kind of sit up and remember because it is different. And I know that means that if they continue doing it, it becomes the same but i just think you know when they they promised us this great change um not a lot has changed but those are the simple things that they could do i just i wonder you know they're just so stuck in their ways of this is how we present this and this is how we do this and you know as always when you're the the biggest you know uh group around you don't have to you know change anything and so i'm, I'm kind of hoping that you know they'll be more open to doing stuff like that. Cause I think it'll just make it more interesting and you create all these moments. I, the, the fun thing about Becky has been that, you know, she has managed to create these moments on her own that are not um, scripted. You know what I mean? And so they are, they, they just resonate more with people, I think. And they should allow people to do a bit more of that. No, I don't. I think the thing with Becky Lynch, I think that's the reason people like it so much. Because A, I hate this word, but it's true. It felt organic. It didn't feel like this was some kind of grand plan. It, yes. was, just, it was just a swell of support. And that always feels nice because then it kind of feels like you're on the ride with Becky Lynch. You're like, we all did this together. And not only that, you kind of, you know, you got yourself into that position. We always wanted to see you in that position. And now you're there and you're smashing it you know, we can absolutely, you know, jump on board with that too. And that just creates, well, it creates the atmosphere that we've got now. Whereas, you know, the whole Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, you know, can throw Charlotte in there too. Absolutely the most interesting thing about both shows. And w oh, absolutely. Yeah, and WWE knows that too. Because again, if you haven't seen, we've got Raw this, uh, we've got Raw later on. They've already put out uh, their press release or whatever you want to call it, saying the McMahons invite Becky Lynch back to Raw again. Because they know, they know that is the, that's the firecracker at the moment. When she, when she turned up even last week, I was like, oh... They, they they understand they get it now like they're gonna have her turn up on the shows because they know people
people are going to want to watch that, that they're going to, they want to see her. Um, and that you know, blurs the lines of the brands and everything. And, and I was just like, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that they recognize it. And, you know, it, it's a shame if you think about how long she like, um, wallowed in the position that she was, um, put in and that was such greatness there. And, you know, that, you know, I don't remember people saying that they felt like her accent was like, you know, bad and, and oh. all these things like that. And it's just like, look how ridiculous all of that is. Yeah. You know, we hang on every word she says now. And I mean, she could just do it with a look, with just a look. She really, you know, like, like you say, organically created the situations and, and stuff that we were just like, yeah, we're on board with her. So, you know, I just, I hope that these are all just lessons that they're learning from and that they're, and, and I know sometimes, like you know, they they want if something that if this if it's not something they didn't create, uh, then it's a problem, right? And so I just I hope that they're more open to more organic situations like this occurring. And when people, uh, you know, when the universe is behind people, you know, <laughs> uh, continuing to support them as opposed to burying them, uh, Rusev, uh, <laughs> you know, and and giving them the opportunities and the shots that they deserve. No, I I couldn't agree more. And I I think the whole. Oh yeah, the rumor was that Kevin Dunn, if you don't know people at home listening, Kevin Dunn's the executive producer in, in WWE. So basically like Vince McMahon's right-hand man. Yeah, apparently he was a big naysayer towards Bikinich because she had an Irish accent. I'm like, is it like 1912? Like, it's 2019. We live in a, we li- you know, we live in a crazy world where everybody's accepted. Everybody, I, I, that blew my mind. Like, I, that kind of stuff doesn't matter to me at all. Like, I either like somebody or I don't like somebody. And that's as far as it goes. Like, it's never going to come down to accent. It's going to come down to just the general feel of that character and what they're doing with them and what I meant to think. So that was, that was strange. But you're right. Hopefully they have moved past that. Uh, you mentioned AEW as well, hopefully having an influence on that. Obviously, tickets for their Double or Nothing show go on sale today. Apparently, there's just crazy... Crazy interest in the in the pre-sale codes. Or oh pre-sale yeah, today. pre-sale was like what was it twelve thousand like uh, yeah codes have already been yeah codes has been yeah. So given that it's meant to be, I think now they're saying that the venue's been set up for eleven and a half thousand people. So twelve thousand have codes, and say you want to go with at least one other person, they've already sold out. <laughs> they haven't even yeah, got no, on sale absolutely. Yet. <laughs> um, but you mentioned how important that could be on WWE. Like as we're starting to see, I understand it's the internet. This is what the internet does. But you know, straight away you have those people that. Are really excited about all elite wrestling because again it's already fired a shot across wwe's bow because chris jericho's gone there it meant kenny omega had somewhere else to go and now they're going to sell out a show and people are interested in it but straight away that also means you get the naysayers going oh we're getting too excited but you've you've already rightfully pointed out that it could even affect wwe's presentation i mean just let me what's your feelings on that at the moment where do you want it to go where do you see it going and you know just all that kind of stuff well, you know, because my, my friend was so into this, she was so into uh, Kenny and the Young Bucks and and everything, I, I felt like I, I got, like, really into it as well. And so there's a part of me that's just, like, I am thrilled for them, for the hard work that they've put in and gotten themselves to this place where they're able to, to do this and to create this company and really – present wrestling in a way that they want to for the fans to enjoy and to provide something that is different than WWE. And there's not to say that there's anything wrong with WWE if that's what you like and you enjoy, right? I, I think yeah, yeah. sometimes, you know, 
the thing about WWE is they have uh, shareholders, right, and everything. And so they're looking for a, a wider audience than maybe, say, what people who are like internet fans or something are really into specific things. Um, you know, they're going for the general, like, we want to please, like, you know, everybody or what have you. Um, and so I think that's where AEW can be really great because they're, they have this niche to do something a little bit different than WWE um, and to uh, really kind of get into the pulse of, of what fans and stuff would really enjoy. Um, so like, I hope that it's successful just for that, just that the idea of uh, some people who have worked really, really hard in their career uh, wanting to take that next step in a different direction. And I am so pleased that it's not their own money too. <laughs> like when I heard that they had a real financial backing, I was like, okay, that sounds like the way to, to do this and, and the way to go. So, so, you know, I think there's always going to be naysayers. There's, there's always going to be people who are, who, either don't want to see things succeed or just want to say that they don't want to see things succeed. Like that, that's, that's the case for anything, but you know, I, I hope that, you know, I just, I hope that it's successful because I think the impact on the industry as a whole um, could be really wonderful. The fact that even now, you know, like there's this, you know, like gobbling up of talent and stuff like that provides them with better opportunities and better leverage. So uh, that even that is just like a, a, a you know, a good thing. So, um, you know, and I'm also hoping that maybe this will be the home for people like maybe down the road, like a Finn Balor or someone who really hasn't been given those opportunities where they are, if that's something that they want to do to come and show off their talents there as well. But I kind of hope the AEW doesn't just kind of like hoover up like a whole bunch of other talent from, you know, places and they really build their own, you know, people and, and build up their own personalities and stuff. I think, you know, that would be great. I, I, I mean, you've hit, you've hit the nail on the head there. Anytime anyone now comes at me about AEW stuff, I'm just going to play them that clip and go, just listen, <laughs> just listen to this. This is what I'm trying to get across. But that's it. That's why it's so cool because it does put WWE in a position where you know, Finn Balor is the perfect example. If you didn't have any plans to push Finn Balor, well, you may want to change that because now there is a viable option. I mean, there was a viable option out there for, for him anyway, but now there's an even bigger one. And the more options that wrestlers have, certainly, you know, creatively, people get more interesting. Obviously, the finances change things. And that's why I get so excited about it. Like, I just, it doesn't matter if it dies out in two or five years. I mean, I hope that it doesn't, but it's irrelevant. The point is, enjoy it what it is now. They've clearly got momentum. They're clearly trying to do something different. I think Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, you know, all of them together have really smart wrestling minds, which you know, backed with the money, you know, backed with the Khan's money. I just think that's a great recipe for success. And everything they've done so far, be it the announcement of the card, uh, the women's division they've talked about, the tag team division they talked about, and making that a big deal, it kind of ticks every single box. And even, the, and I saw so many people go, oh, but I've never heard of any of these wrestlers. That's the whole point. That's why yeah. it's exciting. Like, <laughs> it's, bra it's, brand new, it's brand new people that you can go and watch and decide whether you like them or not. Like, if you are bored of the status quo and you are bored of tuning into Raw and SmackDown every week because you feel like you see the same faces, well, AEW is going to go, hey, you know the Young Bucks, right? Well, they're taking on these two people you've never heard of before. And that's yeah. exciting to me. I think that's really good. And we get to see the creation of new stars. I, you know, I think the thing with Becky that's been so wonderful as well is, like you said, being along on the ride, right, of seeing her kind of ascend to this position. And so we get to see that with a whole bunch of new, um, you know, uh, talent that we maybe were not exposed to before. And so that's actually really exciting as well. I, I, that, that, that's the, I think of all the things, 
that's coming out is that's what I want. I can't wait to tune to Double or Nothing and probably see a bunch of wrestlers I've never even heard of and go, wow, they're good. And then I can go on the internet and I can learn about them. And I bet they've all got matches over YouTube. Like, it just opens a whole path to, to, to throw myself into. And, and I can't wait. Uh, one thing I do think we should talk about, because I, I know, as much as I, I love everybody that, that listens to this podcast, if you have been listening to a, lo- a long time, we've never had a female on before, which is... Oh, really? No, wow. which is... I, I, I just thought about this a few seconds ago, which is absolutely ridiculous. And again, I love everybody that listens. It's all good. But I feel like I would be doing everyone listening and myself a, a disservice. I didn't ask you this directly, because my whole point, not just in wrestling, in life, is that you can only talk about some things to a certain degree before you're way out of your remit based on you know, whatever your life happens to be. So there's this rhetoric going around, like the wrestling news scene or whatever you want to call it, that the way, and we t- oh, the reason I wanted to mention this as well is because we were kind of talking about it at the start of the podcast, that the way that WWE scripts lines for women is actually putting women off. Now, I've never commented on that because I'm like, I'm a dude. I can't comment on that because I don't have the right, you know, I'm not, I'm not in the right place to actually make a comment. But you, again, this ties in too. You've come on, no joke, one of the most passionate people I've spoken about in wrestling in ages, which I love. That's my favorite thing in the world too. And obviously, you know, you, you are a woman as well. So what do you take on that? And is that just people spinning? Because in reality, they don't actually know what they're talking about. Well, you know, I mean, th- th- there's a thing, you know, like in just in general movies and everything about like, um, you know, women who are actresses reading lines that are written by men and yeah. so they don't necessarily represent it. And I, I think that definitely transfers over to um, to WWE. I absolutely would love for them to stop using the word, the, the, the B word, right? Because it's always just like, you know, yeah, like I was going to ask you about it. Like, yeah. yeah. And it's like, people don't talk to each other like that. <laughs> women don't talk to each other like that. Unless it's, I don't know, an episode of Maury Povich. I, I don't know. So like, um, I, I find that to be very stilted. And so I've never necessarily thought of it as like, um, I don't know, in a way that, you know, it's men like writing for women, but I've just felt like that's not authentic to how women would talk or do. I, I think the thing that's most frustrating for me probably with like a, I don't, you know, I'm assuming the writer's room is all male, um, is that the situations that the women find themselves are absolutely ridiculous and not authentic to what would happen with women, right? So Nia Jax and, uh, and uh, oh my gosh, I can't think of her name now. Alexa, Alexa. Oh, Alexa, Alexa, Alexa. No, Alexa. Alexa, Nia Jax and Alexa were best friends. Uh, then all of a sudden, Alexa is bullying her. And then they're, you know, and then like last week or whatever the other week, like uh, Nia's on Alexa's talk show, like they're perfectly fine. <laughs> I was like, true. what? Like, that's just. <laughs> That's crazy. Even Mickey James, you know, all of the the stuff in that feud with Alexa did with Mickey James, and now she's her best friend. Like that kind of stuff wouldn't happen. And I feel like you would have more nuanced story writing if you had more women um, creatively, you know, um, you know, writing things. Now, um, would they be allowed to do that? Even if they had those ideas, um, you know, with the people in charge, would they still allow them to do that? You know, every woman is supposed to be crazy. That's frustrating. <laughs> um, you know, there's just these stereotypes and tropes that I think the women have to still get through, even though we're in this women's revolution and, you know, and we have all these wonderful things like, you know, uh, pay-per-views and, and, you know, I really, truly Becky and Rhonda, Charlotte, however they're going to do it that 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 needs to uh 
to be the the last match at WrestleMania. I love Seth, but I'm sorry. Like that, that's the way it has to be. So you know, they are telling some of the, the women's storytelling there, right? You know, the between Becky and Charlotte, you know, to me, like they've done some good things there, right? Um, but they need to extend that to the other, you know, um, women as well. And I'm kind of hoping that maybe having the the tag team belts will also help to kind of do that as well, to give more opportunities for people to shine, as long as they don't put them in silly situations. The, the situation that absolutely drove me bananas recently, I was telling a friend, is this whole Mandy Rose and Naomi thing. Because <laughs> I was just like, this is the basis of, of, of things. And that, to me, was like five steps backwards yeah, from where yeah. we were supposed to be. And I feel like they tried to save it to be like, oh, she bullied me five years ago. You know, and even that is just like it's ridiculous. And, you know, <laughs> I was telling you because I'm, I'm black. I was like, you know, I'm also just a little bit like uh, this is frustrating as well. This idea that, you know, and, and just like this shows like the, the writer's room, right? You know, this this blonde woman who feels she's so beautiful. She's she's, you know, she's much more beautiful than this this black woman that she has to destroy her marriage. Like it was just like. Uh, just awful. It's just awful on so many levels. So, <laughs> so for every step forward with a Becky and a Charlotte, we take these steps back with these other things. And so, um, you know, just some more maybe diversity in the writers' room would really truly help as well. I mean, because you can say that for not just the women, it's you know suddenly all of the, the foreigners are heels again. You know, like it's just like uh, you know it's just it's just awful. So um, you know, but then you know what they always say like it's an audience of one. So you know, I don't know. At the end of the day, you could have all of these ideas and be shot down, and you still go back to these old stereotypes and old tropes, you know? Mm, I think you hit the nail on the head, especially that Naomi Mandy Rose segment. I remember watching it and going, that is the most attitude era and not in a good way. That is the most attitude era thing I've seen in a long time. And I got nothing from it whatsoever. It just, I think you hit the nail on the head. It was just, I, I feel like everything we've been doing, everyone else has just been ignored to kind of come up with this almost like clickbaity internet but based yeah. on, on old school ideas. And I was like, it's just not, it's not what I want. And the thing I really found confusing about it, especially when you look at it now, whatever thing's going on, the, you know, the, the storyline that is lighting everybody up is Becky Lynch taking on the authority, the way you want to call them, taking on Ronda Rousey with this kind of hint on the outside that maybe Charlotte Flair is going to work her way in. And that's, that's just a good story. That's all you need yeah. to do. You just need to tell me something that I can buy into. And one of the reasons I want to tune into Raw later, well, what's Becky going to do? Because you know, she slapped Stephanie McMahon. She slapped Triple H. I've got to imagine that Vince McMahon's going to be on the show later, probably does something with him. And yeah, you can argue that too. You could say, oh, but Simon, that's, that's very old school too. But it, it, it's, not, it's not a uniform thing. You can take some things from the past that make sense, but also at the same time, you can take other bits that will not make sense. And that's, yeah. and that, and that's all it is. You don't have to go, well, it's a story with the women therefore we have to sexualize it you don't have to do that i don't need that when i watch yeah. wrestling at all and that's why the becky and charlotte thing really works right so this idea of you know becky working so so hard going through like all of the hoops that she's been given and then this other person coming in and taking her shine and taking her place you know that has nothing to do with them being sexualized or being women you could have that same storyline with like uh top guys right yeah and that would still be a compelling 
story. And so that's part of what makes that really, really good. And look, when they fight, they're fighting. It's not this, you know, um, do you know what I mean? Like, like I, one of the things I absolutely love about Charlotte is she does not care how she looks. She's in that ring. She's, you know, fighting. She's, she's doing everything that she can. And so, you know, all of that stuff moves things a bit forward as well, you know, but the, yeah, the Mandy Rose Naomi one. I was just like, wow, that's that's way back. <laughs> I was like, why why are we we like I said, for every five steps forward, we're taking a couple steps back, and that was one. I was like, no, oh. I agree. No, I, I was I, like, at least they're on TV. I guess that's the. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I, I the thing with that is I I liked. I've always said some ups and downs all the time. I like it when you actually try and build a story. But don't build a really bad story. It's like that's like Dean, yeah. it's like Dean Ambrose. Don't don't jab pretend things into his behind because he's he's a germaphobe. It's like no no no. This is this is this is going the wrong way entirely. And I, you mentioned the women's tag team belts. If they do that right, I think they could be great. I think you know the, I really want Sasha Banks and Bailey to win them because I just think that would justify everything they've been through over the last year, which has been pretty slapdash by WWE. The whole they're feuding, oh, yeah. they're not feuding. So I think you can actually cement all of that by. You know, having them as a proper tag team, allowing them to go on this big run, like really building up the tag division. I'm still hoping that means they're going to be able to fluctuate between Raw and SmackDown because I think that will help them as well. And they're great wrestlers. And I don't know, I think the way they've done that, and I quite like the idea of doing it in the Elimination Chamber too. I think that would just make it, you know, hopefully gives it more impact when they do win. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. And if we can take that and start building that using the same foundations that we've done for Becky, Charlotte, Ronda, and so on and so forth, then hopefully when we get to next year's WrestleMania, we're not just talking about one big match. There'll be loads of them, which is how it should be, right? No, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's funny because when I heard was in the Elimination Chamber, I was like, uh, okay. It's, it is All weird. Right. It is weird. It's yeah. a, that's weird. <laughs> but, you know, we'll, but look, that's part of the something new, right? So we have to be open to the, the something new, right, as well. But, um, yeah, no, I, I really do hope that it, it allows other people to have their a uh, little bit more time to shine on the show and provides, you know, some really good storylines between people and you know, it'll be, you know, really great. I, I think the most interesting part is the fact that it, they they would have to go between shows. I mean, even that kind of injects something new and a little bit different oh, yeah. uh, into the shows as well. So, I mean, it's kind of all good right now. Let's, you know, see how things shape up and, you know, and where they go. Uh, I do want to talk about Seth Rollins because you mentioned how much you like him. But before we get there... Yep. Uh, just because I, I did tweet this out yesterday. I do think it, but I won't lie. I also did it a little bit because I know how people would react and sometimes act like a child. I, uh, I I quite like the idea of Charlotte being in the main event because uh, for two reasons. One, I think it will make it a better match. I'm like. I, I I'm clearly one of the few people that likes the uh, triple threat match. But I also think adding Charlotte into it fundamentally will make it better because I really appreciate how, how good she is. However, as I found out on social media, I'm an idiot. And I don't know what I'm talking about, but I would like your opinion too before before we move away from it. What what would you like in a dream world? So I I, I do want it to just be Becky because I think that's the whole revolving storyline, right? Is yes. that you know she she you know gets these opportunities and then Charlotte weasels her way in. So it it kind of honestly would make sense, right, to have Charlotte weasel her way in. I think just from a talent standpoint, she's so good. She would definitely add to the match. But, you know, in some ways it would be nice just to have a one-on-one match so you don't have any um, quote-unquote shenanigans or, you know, or anything <laughs> yeah. like that um, as, a, as a way out that could maybe deflate the match in some way. Um, and that's not on Charlotte. That's just on whoever's writing it and comes up with what they're going to do. Um but um, I mean, Charlotte's amazing. I, I kind of feel like if it's gonna be the 
you know, the main event at WrestleMania, all three of them have to be in it to be able to say that they were in that main event because they've all earned it. Right. So, so I can totally see that, but there is a part of me that just wants Becky to have her moment alone. kind of. No, no, no. It it does. It does make more sense and it will have more impact. That's the, that the, you can't argue that. Like when you have a one-on-one match and somebody wins and somebody loses, like you said, there's no, Oh, I can't believe so-and-so did this because you can't do it. There's only two people in the match. Um, I think maybe for me, it's because I totally believe that's what WWE is going to do. I sat down, I kind of processed the information. Oh, that's totally what, you are right. Yes, that's totally. And that's why in my head, I'm like, yeah, I don't want that to happen, but I already know (laughs) it's going to happen. So at least it serves the story because that is the story. Like, that totally makes sense to me. And then, you know, it gives Becky, you know, for even more outrage to say, I got myself to this place and here you are still, you know. Yeah, I'm riding I, my coattails. <laughs> and then, you know, if Ronda Rousey is leaving as well, I like the idea of those two feuding at the back end of it too for the title. I like that. I just, I just do. Well, I yeah, that would actually be very nice. And I honestly, you know, sometimes, you know, you see the same people over and over and you're like, oh, gosh. But like, I, I could watch Becky and Charlotte go at it again at another pay per view. You know, like, I, oh, yeah. Let's do it. So, it's, you know, if they want to do that after the end, after after mania that's totally great hey if if we're talking about becky lynch being the new stone cold steve austin she's got to have her version of the rock and charlotte flair can be that person i think I absolutely think, you know okay i will talk seth rollins because yes clear, clearly he had a big impact on you because you, yes. you saw him and you liked him <laughs> now i can kind of figure out why like i mean seth rollins was a weird one for me when the shield first came around uh, i was I, I too it was just something about dean ambrose he was so weird and and kind of, he had a, an, an aura to him, I guess. I, I warmed to him. But then as soon as Seth went heel and with a knee injury and everything he's done since, I think for a lot of people, and obviously not yourself because you had a more immediate uh, immediate liking to him, but to me it's just kind of the consistency. I was like, man, he's good, man, he's good. Now he's just like, he's Seth Rollins. But obviously you see him and you're like, that's my guy. So yeah, just talk to me about Seth Rollins, what you like, what you don't like. And yeah, because you know, right now he is, he's the guy, you know, in terms of... He's the, the guy. He's, yeah. he's the man. What's... It's funny because so I'm I'm completely like all flipped and turned around, right? So when I I really got into it and started watching it, the I started watching the it was the Raw after the WrestleMania where he faced Triple H, right? Um, and I had no idea what was going on. Like I was completely <laughs> lost. Um, and I had seen all the Shield stuff, so I was like, okay, this is different. Okay, I get he's a good guy now. Like I'm fine. And so um, you know I I watched. I went back and watched a bunch of stuff. I watched all the shield stuff and, um, and his, you know, solo, uh, heel run. And, uh, you know, it was all great. I, I think, I have to tell this story. This is funny. My sister and I went to SummerSlam a couple of years ago. And so I was just like, yes, I can't wait, you know, to read. Uh, Seth and Dean were um, were going for the, the tag team belts. And my sister, <laughs> who had been watching all along, was just like, I can't root for him. He's he's just, he's, <laughs> he's, 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 he's not a good person. And I was just like, but he's a good guy now. <laughs> yeah, he's changed. He's, He's moved changed. forward, yeah. She hadn't seen it like in the last year or so, and, I, and she was just like, "Yeah, no, you're on your own there. I can't, I can't do it." So, um. But what I, I like about him is, I mean, he's he's really good in the ring. I think he can be. Well, I actually found the heel run more interesting than the face run, although I think he's really done a great job, especially lately, in filling that role. Um, there's just something about watching him in the ring that I find really fascinating. And, and I, I like, I like his moveset, although I, 
I, I this is my problem with all of, of WWE. I, I would love to see people mix it up and do different things. I yeah. kind of feel like there's a, a checkbox of like things you're like, okay, all right, he's gonna do a suicide dive. Okay, doing this, doing this, doing this. Um, so I would love to see that with more people. But um, yeah, I, you know, the other thing too, I think is really kind of great about Seth is I learn more about him, and I think this is for a lot of people, uh, superstars as well. It's just, you know. What I admire is people who know at an early age that's something that they wanted to do and stuck with that dream and did everything that they had to to do that, right? So that just like hard work and constantly just being in love with the business and and wanting to do that. Like that's part of I think what attracts me to him and what he's doing and why I'm happy that he has that opportunity now to be the guy. Um, I think what's going to be really tricky and I and <laughs> I worry about this for him is that, you know, I, I wonder if the back office feels that he's so injury prone, he can't necessarily be the guy. Like, um, I think like Drew McIntyre is the guy in waiting, even though he's like such a tremendous heel right now. Um, so, but I mean, I feel like Seth's definitely earned it. He's really great. He is the the guy. He really does get the crowd behind him too now, which is nice. But I have to admit, I kind of like swarmy uh, <laughs> <laughs> evil Seth a little bit more better. I think, I think he plays that role. He's so good. Yeah, he he is a good face. He is. I think he's come full circle as a face now. When he first started doing it, I think it took a while. But now I think he's found his momentum with it. And I completely buy him as a good guy. Like, like you, you, you just said it there perfectly. When he came out and Raw after winning the Rumble, that was one of the best promos I've heard him do. Not because he said anything that was like, oh, wow. Because he meant every word. I could tell. It's so yeah. easy. You can tell when someone's being honest. So that to me was enough to make me go, well, I like you. Again, because you put in the time, you put in the work, and now you've got the success. But that is not as fun as cackling Seth Rollins, waving a belt over his head, and absolutely. just being an absolute tool bag all the time. Oh, like, exactly. <laughs> it, was just, it was so much fun. And I actually think, looking back, maybe we didn't appreciate him then as much as we should have done. I watched the I watched the bit after WrestleMania 31 the other day where Brock Lesnar comes out and Seth Rollins just sort of smacks him right in the head and Brock looks like he's going to kill him. Seth Rollins' <laughs> face is hilarious. Like it, it looks like he's about to die, and it yeah. just it, 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 it made it. It made it. Like the fans are invested because of that one that one tiny moment. And I do agree with you about the WWE sort of match format as well. Uh, and I, I understand why they do it because they are a, a huge production and that's just what huge productions seem to do. You fall into a pattern and the pattern works. So you continue, you continually tick along, along regardless. But that's why, you know, when you do have a match like, well, the one that comes to mind straight away is Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan from Survivor Series, which didn't feel like, to what didn't feel like to me like a WWE match at all. It felt like a proper scrap oh, yeah. and a fight. And that's why I liked it so much because I was like, I don't, you know, it wasn't necessarily better than anything else in the card, but sometimes it is just changing up the exactly the bell to bell nature of well, now this happens and now that happens because you can, when you watch it a long time, especially when you get in, into sort of the mature or the adult part of your life when you're not a kid and you're watching it for what it is, opposed to what it feels like. Of course, you see those things because that's just how the brain works. It picks up on the nuances and. You're like, okay, I, I can break wrestling down quite easy, which is why storyline is so important. Those matches can always work when the, when the story is there. But I think they could do more of that. And going back to what we were talking about earlier, that's another reason I get excited about All Elite Wrestling because I, yes. don't, I don't think they're going to have... You know, all of their matches, I think, are going to be like New Japan in the sense you watch most of the card and go, well, that was brilliant and that was brilliant. Uh, WWE has good, has good pay-per-views and, and whatnot, but... 
I, I think it's a fair argument that match quality is higher outside of their walls, but they do some things better too. But that's what I hope kind of bleeds in because you've got people like The Revival now who apparently, again, I think I saw a video earlier actually proving it, apparently having like 25, 30 minute matches with Rude and Gable on the house show circuit, which I wow. imagine is eventually going to come to TV. And that wouldn't be happening if it wasn't for these other companies that are now gathering steam. So if WWE, oh, yeah. Yeah, so if WWE can drag all that in too... I think we're in for a great time. Look, I I just watched um I <laughs> I watched the I don't watch NXT and it's not like I have a, a thing against it. There's just only so much time. Yeah, you have like, to draw a line somewhere, yeah. <laughs> and so um but I I had some time off and I watched um the Worlds Collide <laughs> tournament and uh and I have to say it was it was invigorating watching people that I hadn't seen before and it was great seeing moves that I hadn't seen before you know maybe if you watch NXT all the time you're like okay of course they're going to do this and they're going to do that you know it was all new and and great and you know I you know want to see more of that in the in wrestling in WWE with the people that I know and I already am invested in and like, you know, just seeing some different moves or, you know, or not just being like, you know, you know, the match is going to end because you know, this combination of uh, moves have happened, you know, with this person or that person, you know, when Dean Ambrose came back, you know, his moveset was a little bit different as well. And that actually made him even more interesting. And then, you know, storyline, they just like <laughs> buried him <laughs> as far as they could. <laughs> I feel like they buried him alive, like with a flashlight. Like it's like, it's just so awful. So what weird. Done. So weird. Um, and it's just so weird. And then, you know, this whole thing about him leaving and announcing it like, you know, four months in advance seems weird. And, do, you, do you think he's going? Then, do you think he's going or do you think we're being tricked? I, I think he's going now, but my wrestling brain always it holds me back a little bit. Like, well, maybe. I don't know. I think he's going, but I don't know why they would announce it this early. I, that's why I just find this just kind of like, uh, yeah, weird. I think he is going. And I think the, what they're doing with him on TV and stuff, to me, it says like he is legit really going. Because, I mean, even that stuff with Nia Jax and, and, and that stuff last week, I was like... This is bad. This is bad. And it, 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 the thing that really frustrates me is like, you know, I'm not a huge Dean Ambrose fan. My, my friend will be horrified to hear. Um, but I like him and he's good. And I feel like he's been given situations that are just not allowing him to be as good as he can. Like he can deliver yeah. a great promo, but what he's been given, I mean, yeah, you're in a doctor's office while they're giving you a shot. It's like, oh, <laughs> there's, there's only so much you can do with that. Like there's only so much you can do even, you know, sitting on a car with a open like fire or whatever, uh, you know, next to him. It's just like unreal. So I honestly, even with all of that stuff, I don't blame him for wanting to go. I, I kind of just... You know, again, like when people are super talented, like you just want them to thrive and you want them to be successful. You want them to be happy. And I hope that, you know, with all the stuff that's going on, maybe he finds another place to do that. If that's what he wants to do. I kind of feel like when he goes, we may never hear of him again. Like, that's it. (laughs) Just be like, you know, he has that kind of demeanor, doesn't he? He he kind of gives off that kind of impression. That's absolutely something he may do. He may just go, poof, I'm gone. I'm out of here. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and then, you know, what happens with Renee? That's the other interesting piece as well, you know, so. Well, I always um, thought WWE handled that whole thing weirdly because they kind of, I, yeah. I, I sometimes I like to try and watch wrestling for someone that isn't like us again, that knows everything. And they never really kind of outwardly said that they were, even when Samoa Joe made that line, they never really hammered home 
that they were married. And I was like, if I didn't know that, I'd be so confused. I'd be like, what are they oh, yeah. talking about? The commentary, her and, and Corey is absolutely like frustrating to me because <laughs> it's just like, you know, and, and, and she's trying to, you know, well, you know, we don't talk about this at home. And we don't. And I was just like, this is just, it's maddening. It's just maddening. Like your husband is acting crazy. Like I feel like Corey and them should be like, Renee, you need to have an intervention for your husband. What's going on? You know? They should do that, though. Yeah. If, if you get if you get a hint at it, go. Don't just hint at it. Make it part of the story. Like that's all right. You can do it. But I remember being like, I, I would be so baffled what the hell they're talking about if I didn't know those two were married. But maybe they have been more outwardly about. It. I don't think they have though. I don't think they've ever outwardly stated yes, these two are married. Yeah, no. And then and you know, look from a privacy perspective, that's fine. But like you know. Uh, it, it just the commentary just made it really, really weird. Yeah, so, they, they, you know. they blurred the lines when there was no need. They, they, they yeah, really exactly. Um, so we talked about two thirds of the shield. We have to talk about Roman Reigns as well because obviously he's, oh, yeah. a, he's an interesting character. Did you like him? Did you not like him? Did you kind of fall in the middle? So I okay. So uh, <laughs> my friend, she totally introduced me to the you know to new you know uh, WWE wrestling by showing me Roman Reigns because um, she was just like this guy's hot you'll you'll enjoy this and then <laughs> you'll that. you know and I was just like oh okay whatever but actually it was just the matches and stuff were really just were really great so I was just like oh uh, you know byproduct is, you know whatever he's a decent looking guy um, <laughs> he I feel bad for him because I feel like. Uh, He's had so much thrust upon him with the crowd and and everything and their reactions to him as the guy. And I think there's so much more there for him to do. And I honestly, A, as we all are, I can't wait for him to come back, um, you know, healthy and strong and ready to go. But I also think it's interesting um, this is totally the old school, like, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. I feel like WWE, so they put all of their eggs into that Roman basket. Oh, yeah. And then it was just like, and, and I think we don't, we don't give enough credit to the fact that it was that way so much that it took them, I feel like so long to recover from that because that was their only plan. And, you know, to have so much talent on there, um, I feel like his absence really was felt especially when he first left because they didn't have those plans in place. And that's, and that's shameful because they had so much great talent um, and other people that they could focus on and, and do, but I also feel like, you know, it's, it has to be frustrating for him time after time, you know, fighting Brock and that last WrestleMania was painful. I mean, <laughs> but just the match itself, I felt was painful, you know, and I didn't even realize until like at the end of the match, you see him go and like, you know, go over towards his wife and I was like oh man because they had to be terrified if you looked at him and what happened to him in that ring you know and then to not even have that belt at the end of it I was just like you know that's got to be frustrating for him as well you know it's everybody has that person in the office where you it could be you right you, you go to work every day you do everything that you you're supposed to do the bosses like you your other you know uh, so there are other people who are uh jealous or or frustrated or angry that you're in the position that you're in uh but you keep coming to work and you keep doing everything that you're supposed to be doing and for all you know interviews and things i've seen with him outside like he seems the nicest person in the world yeah absolutely like yeah. so 
I just kind of, it goes back to your, like, they are human beings and people, they have family and, and stuff like that. So I, I honestly can't wait for him to surprise, come back and, uh, and, you know, tear it up and, and, uh, rightfully take what he honestly looks has has earned by you know working as hard as he has. No, I agree, and I, I think sometimes people forget. unpopular opinion. Right? No, no I, I I said I like Roman Reigns for ages, and every day I got a tweet with someone going, "Oh, Miller, you're part of the problem." And I'm like, "Well, if I am, I am. I still like him. I, well, I certainly don't dislike him to the to the extent that other people did. I thought I thought he did his job very well, and also I understand wrestling. Like I can completely understand why management backstage looked at this guy and went, "Oh my gosh, there's our guy." Of course they did. Like again, you know. Good looking dude, good in the ring. Uh, He ticks all the boxes that WWE likes. It's like, yeah, give him a go. And it it did not work because every time Roman Reigns came out, he got such a big reaction, regardless what their reaction was, but good or, you know, booze or cheers. It made me feel like, here we go. So, you know, it's a big deal. And that that, that counts for something. No, it's true. And, And when you talk to people, people actually who are like not in, like, oh, like, you know, like, know every little thing think they love him like i um last year i went to a house show um <laughs> i down in my hometown i was visiting and so there just happened to be a wwe show going on so i was like i'm gonna go and i had to get a cab to like the arena and so the cab driver's like what are, what's going on here like you know and i was like oh there's a wrestling show and he was just like oh my gosh I watch Raw every week, da da da, and he's just like, he's like, is the big dog going to be here? The big dog, <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, yeah, he's going to be here. Like, and so I mean, you know, there are people outside who who really are into him, and I have to say, even at that event, like there were people buying that merchandise, buying the, you know, like autographs, buy, you know, like the, you know, everything. So, I mean, there are people who, you know, are there. You know, it might be more, maybe it's more kids or something. I don't know. You know, I, I thought it was interesting that he. In this movie with The Rock as well, I was like, "Yeah, that was out of nowhere, wasn't it?" It was out of nowhere, but I was like, "I hope this works out for him. Like, yeah. it'll be great. Him as movie star, like, you know, why not? You yeah. know." Although he's going to have problems, but he looks just like Jason Momoa. There's going to be a problem there. People are going to get confused. They're like, "Wait, which well, one is it?" That's why my friends show because I love Jason Momoa. So she was just like, "I look like Jason Momoa." Like, okay. And then I heard that The Rock wanted to get Jason Momoa into like a sequel of this movie whenever it, after it comes out and I was like the three of them together is too much because that's like blending all into one you know <laughs> one person it really is just all three of them you're like who's who exactly oh dear all right so before we start wrapping up you mentioned uh you you've, you watch New Japan as well or you kind of dabble with New Japan I kind of dabbled with New Japan but I I did watch like uh the Wrestle Kingdoms and um I did watch the G1 which was fascinating and oh, I yeah. loved that that was just amazing and um and I, I would love to see something more like that in either AEW or WWE that would be like amazing I I really enjoy watching New Japan because again uh the new the different moves the different types of storytelling um you know you're really invested I I enjoy especially with the G1 too that it's a sport you know what I mean that's like, my favorite thing a, about it yeah there's, you know, there are consequences. People win, people move forward, people don't. You know, um, I, I love all of that. It's great. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's the best. When people say to me, why should I watch G1? It's like, do you want wrestling to be more like a real sport? They go, yep, I can watch G1. Simple as that. That's, you know, New Japan in yeah. general do that. <laughs> but especially that, um, I don't want to spoil anything. Do you know the big thing that happened earlier today at, at the New Beginning show in Osaka? No, I don't. Do, do you want to know or do you want me to not tell you? Because I'm happy uh, not to talk about it. 
Oh, no, no, no. You can, you can tell me. Okay, so, I'm, so I'm basically, curious. well, it literally happened. So I think the show went off air about two hours ago as we were recording this. And in the main event, it was Jay White taking on Hiroshi Tanahashi. Obviously, won, won the heavyweight championship against Kenny Omega all of a month ago. And he lost. Mm. And Jay oh. White, yeah, exactly. I was surprised too. Jay White won. So the Bullet Club obviously is now, is, is now uh, you know, takes ownership of, of, of that time. And I was really surprised. And I, wow. I, you know, thanks to the magic of the internet. I'm going to watch it properly later. But thanks to the magic of the internet, I was able to see the finish. And yeah, it's just the switchblade in the middle of the ring. One, two, three. And that, and that was that. So, yeah, I, to me, I, I don't know. Personally, I'm sure somebody will say, well, it was obviously going to happen. But to me, I was really surprised. I was like, wow. So, uh, less than a month, well, just over a month reign for Tanahashi. And that's that. Wow. I, I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised by that. I'm going to have to go watch that. Well, apparently um, it's a really good match, too, yeah. I think. Ken, it's so funny because my friend and I were talking about this in AEW and I thought she was going to be all thrilled. And she was just like, you know, if you think about it for New Japan, like they spent all this time investing in these people and then they all just left. And like, there's this, you know, like gap. And so, you know, I, I've, maybe they really want to push Jay White in order to push that expansion into the U.S. because yeah, they don't have Kenny in them to to do that, you know, um, for them to be that ambassador, so to speak. And people really seem to love Jay White. So, like, this is, you know, building up. I wonder if it's building him up too soon, though. You know what I mean? You still need time to kind of, um, not in terms of performance, but you know what I mean? You need to have a little gravitas. You know what well, I mean? Of, like, I, I, being there a bit before, like, you're just, like... Well, I, I think that's why it surprised me, though. I think that's why I thought they were going to hold off longer. And I don't like taking anything away from anybody, but my kind of gut reaction was exactly what you've just said. Kenny Omega, again, the rumor that came out this week, I always take it with a pinch of salt, is that Kenny Omega was going to win, but when New Japan out found out that he was going to leave, they're like, well, you're not going to win now. So to me, yeah. it's like you said, we need to put somebody else in that position. Well, we've got Jay White, who obviously is a Western dude, really talented, on his way up. Let's try and transition him across to that spot. Not taking anything away from Jay White because he deserves it, but I, yeah, really, no, absolutely. I really did think they would push him throughout 2019 and then have him win it maybe at Wrestle Kingdom next year or Dominion yeah. or something like that. And that's why it surprised me, but no, that's it. Clean in the middle as well. So what they do now, I don't know. But genuinely fascinating. I did. I did not see it coming. Yeah, no. That, that's the. But see, that's the fun part for me, right? So that's just like all everything that you thought like would happen down that road for the year is completely now reshuffled. Exactly. And so who knows what they're going to do? And so you know, that's that's really really interesting. I I, I love New Japan though. It, it's great. I mean, I can't watch all of it because, like, again, I was just like, it's, it's so much. And then some of the stuff doesn't have the translation, so it's a little trickier. But um, it's just wonderful just seeing, like I said, different movesets, different storytelling, all of it. But I will be interested to see what they do with this uh, expansion and with the shows. And, you know, this is what we were talking about for AEW, right? You know, building up your own stars, you know? So, you know, hopefully they're successful with that as well. Oh, I think so. I think New Japan, I think it's they're kind of one of these companies that always manages to find a way to make it work. So I, I don't worry. It, of course, they've lost a lot of star power, but I would like to think they'll be able to, to balance that out with the guys that they've got. And I, hey, building up new guys like Jay White. Well, look, like you look, at, look at the history, right? So they lost in the past uh, uh, AJ. They lost uh, Nakamura, yeah. um, Finn, and they still survived and they probably had more uh, popularity with the next set of people who came in, you know, who have now departed. So who knows what that next chapter is going to be for them. Exactly. That's the, a positive attitude. 
That's, <laughs> that's what I like. So one more question, because I'm intrigued, yep. and they've come up a lot. Double or Nothing happened in three months, four months. Uh, you mentioned you went to All In. Are you going to go to Double or Nothing? Are you going to try and get a ticket? Well, I, I I am not going to go, only because I was just like, uh, it's a Memorial Day weekend, which is like a crazy, it's like the craziest travel weekend here in right, the United yeah, yeah. States. And I was like, I don't know that I want to do this during that. Um, and I had to admit, during the rally, I started looking up hotels and stuff, and I was like, yeah, I'm not, this is, this is. You uh, got to draw a line somewhere, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is, yeah, I draw a line somewhere. So um, I will not be going, but I will uh, be, um, you know. Uh, ordering it through fight or however they're going to show it because I'm definitely going to support and um, and you know give them my money so that they you know support them and uh, and and I definitely want to see what happens and you know I looked I look at it this way I was very lucky to go to All In and the experience I had there was great actually I met you at All In you were very kind <laughs> as well when I met you. Um, and so, like, I feel like this is something you can let someone else have another opportunity to do that. I mean, I feel like, um, you know, the experience was so wonderful, just that and the convention and everything. Um, so, yeah, but I'm definitely going to watch. I thought I recognized your voice. Obviously, <laughs> just just to break this down a little bit, we're obviously, we, I use Skype to record this. And obviously I have a little picture of you up. And I was like, I swear I know her. But I just thought I was going crazy. I was like, no, you don't. Well, there you go. I knew it. No, I did. I, I met you at Starcast, and I gave you a little drawing. I thought that was—that's yeah. what I thought. I thought that was you, but I didn't want to say because I thought if you get it wrong, Simon, you just—that's just rude. That's just rude no, all no. around. <laughs> so I was like, well, that I see, right? So now you're on here. I'm, yeah, I still have that picture. Uh, I have shown that picture to a lot of people because that's one of the nicest things anyone has ever given to me. So that put a smile on my face for days. So thank you so much. That was oh, lovely. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, thank you for for not only this podcast but the other your personal blog, and you do a lot of like uh, mental health things, and I've always found that very helpful as well so i appreciate that well that's very very kind of you to us very touching thank you very much but again that picture was yeah i i I put it like a lot of people got a text message from me that day going look how nice people can be (laughs) but you're very welcome and also honestly thanks for coming on thanks for your time this this has genuinely been an awesome chat as well so i really appreciate it especially because i know uh the time difference as we talked about before we came on here is just is just crazy as well Oh, no. Thank you for having me. This is wonderful. It was. It was good. And you definitely have to come back because your your perspective is is great and your positivity. I'm all about positivity. I love the positivity. Uh, So, yeah. So, basically, uh, for the rest of the week, uh, people that do tune in, make sure you come and join the live show on Wednesday. You can do that by going to youtube.com forward slash the Miller Report rules. I think this week we'll be going live at 1 p.m. GMT. I'm going to start doing them later in the week soon so that, again, people that do live in different time zones can come and join. But just keep an eye on my Twitter for that. That's at SimonMiller316. But for now, thanks for joining me on this Monday. Make sure you enjoy Raw. Make sure you tune into What Culture tomorrow when we're up those downs. But yeah, have a good day, and I will chat to you all again very, very soon. Yeah.